What's up, my loves? Have you ever heard of the brand Anima Mundi Apothecary? If you haven't yet, honey, woo, get into it. I was reacquainted with um, their brand. And where was I? Oh, I was at a party in the Hollywood Hills, a really sort of a fancy, you know, party in this beautiful house. A friend of my of my boyfriend was launching this um, uh, active wear brand. To make a long story short, um, there was a whole bar of people taking shots and, you know, doing a whole thing, doing their whole like drinking alcohol kind of thing. Um, do you live your fantasy? I'm sober. So the founder of the, of the brand, the co-founder of the brand calls Ben and says, come into the kitchen. And I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And then she brings out this Anima Mundi Shazandra Rose Elixir. And we take a shot off of it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And turns out that Elixir has, according to Asian medical cosmology, Shazandra, which is like the main ingredient on this Elixir, Shazandra contains the three primal forces of life energy known as Jing, Qi, and Shen. And I got to tell you, honey, I took a shot out of that. And I was like, ooh, went back into the crowd and I was like energized and relaxed. I was like present and vibrant. So then I was like, oh my goodness, I need to get to know this brand more. I, I had heard of them a long time ago. And this was like a moment of like, oh my God, this is a brand. This is a company that you you have to connect with. These, these are your people, honey, doing good for the sake of all beings. Um, to make a long story short, we start a partnership, and so I'm truly honored and so grateful to be, uh, you know, sharing this incredible brand of of herbal remedies with you today. Because they are, I mean, they really um, walk their talk. You know, it's a female BIPOC owned and operated uh, company. It's uh, owned by the master herbalist Adriana Ayales. Uh, she's from Costa Rica. They operate um, out of a facility that's FDA registered and a CGMP certified facility. They use eco-friendly packaging and recyclable recyclable glass and or biodegradable bags. Excuse my Englishy, my English here. Um, it's all made in the United States with certified organic herbs and wild and sustainably harvest plants in a vegan and gluten-free kitchen. Uh, their products contain zero fillers, binders or flow agents, pure botanical powders, tea and beyond. Um, and their project educates and supports true fair trade practices beyond organic farming, education and small farmers to create remedies that benefit people from wild from all walks of life. You know, another one of my favorite products from them is called the uh, Happiness. It's a, it's an herbal coffee, so it doesn't have the caffeine. And it's a, it's a blend of incredible plants, grounding plants, along with mood boosters known to uplift serotonin and dopamine production. 
And I got to tell you, this is another one of those magical elixirs that you drink it, honey. And I'm actually drinking one right now. And it is literally like, again, it just, it relaxes me and it energizes me. It, it's what it does is it has a capacity to bring the mind back into the body. And I don't say this lightly, you know, um, so I really stand by them. And the way I make my my happiness um, coffee, I use um, organic uh, almond milk and a little bit of uh, of honey. Um, if you do honey, and um, I I you know heat up the almond milk and I I use a little frother thingy to uh, blend it up, and it is amazing, amazing. I highly recommend you check them out. It's um. An amazing brand with incredible elixirs and 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 you know plant remedies that can really bring about beautiful change in your life, you know. And um, we have an amazing discount for you all. You can use the 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 code SA fifteen capital A excuse me capital S capital A and capital H number one and number five for a fifteen percent off of your order and um, check them out and give it a try and let me know how you like it. I really love what they're doing. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. So let's talk about the sacred trends. And the sacred trends that I want to talk to you guys about today um, is, is one that I have found sort of uh, in, in two, two times in my life, two kinds of, not two specific times, but two different, um, in two different ways. One way, fully intoxicated and, and with drugs and alcohol. In another way, completely lucid completely lucid. One time I was at a at a in in West Hollywood in in Los Angeles, California. And another one I was in Bali in Indonesia. Um and both times what the fuck was I doing? I was dancing. I was dancing. And uh, across every mystical tradition, across every ancient civilization, dance has been a point of, of, of celebration and a, a, a rite of passage, a, a, a moment of when a ton of events were happening, when, when kings and queens were being, were being sort of uh, celebrated, they would have a dance. When marriages were taking place, they had a dance. When, when wars were won, they celebrated. You know, there's, there's, there's history that dance traces back in in in, uh, in civilization, uh, nine thousand years ago, there's 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 paintings in caves in India that shows that that dance has been something that has um, been a gateway and a bridge to connect to God, to connect to the mystery. So, with this understanding, I kind of want to go back to what I was talking about as far as how I entered, um, how I glimpsed. At, at, at the sacred trends, one intoxicated and one lucid, one fully awake. So, when I was in uh, in, in uh, Los Angeles and then New York, I 
I've said this before, but I the club and the drugs and the alcohol were church for me. They were the gateway, the bridge to freedom, to divinity, to grace. Although the the ways I was reaching God, they were very unsustainable. They were they were giving me a glimpse into freedom, into God, into divinity. That's why we get drunk and high. That's why we go to these places because they could be church. They give you a glimpse of it, but that glimpse ha- comes with a lot of consequences. Can we experience the glimpse of freedom in a way that becomes stable? Can we experience a glimpse of God, a glimpse of liberation in a way that's sustainable, in a way that's stable? That's why I've removed drugs and alcohol from my life completely. And I'm not California sober, honey. I'm just lucid. It's a radical choice to be a person of color, to be gay, and to be sober, and to be working on my mind and the expansion of my heart, and to be studying mysticism. It could be very alluring, you know, sometimes to get intoxicated because the the density, the challenges, the circumstances can get so wild sometimes that we, you know, I, speaking for myself, you know, may want to, to dabble and relapse and connect to God and divinity and grace and the inner Buddha that lives at the base of my being through an unsustainable, through a very destructive way. You know, when we are seeking to enter into a sacred trance and we do it unskillfully and we do it with a glass of wine and we do it with drugs and we do it with, with a, you know, all kinds of unskillful means, there is a consequence to that. There's a consequence to that because you're not only listening to divinity, but you're 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 misinterpreting the information because your mind is not awake. Are we communicating? Are we communicating? It's one thing to get a divine download when your mind is lucid. It's another thing to get a divine download, a, a divine intervention when your mind is cluttered. They're both powerful, but one of them opens you up to stabilizing that truth in such a way that you don't go back, such a way that you no longer go back. So Los Angeles, New York, I was going to church literally seven days a week. There was a period in my life, you know, because the pain was so painful you know the demons were so were so uh, seductive and so demonizing and so hurtful when everything was just so chaotic that the only way for freedom I never thought about sitting down to meditate or going to yoga. You know the most I did was was um, smoke a joint and go on on a long walk. You know I never considered anything that was like sustainable and, and, and sort of free of consequences. You know, because the beauty of entering into a trance is that you stop the momentum of karma. You stop the momentum of karma when you enter into a trance. But again, is that trance, how did you get into that trance? How did you create the perfect conditions? 
causes and conditions for you to enter into that trance? Was it sustainable? Was it skillful? Was it wise? Or was it filled with, with self-destruction and chaos and confusion? Because if you enter a trance in that state, my darling, it's like you're literally broadcasting your chaos, you know? Now, when you enter a trance from a, from a, from a very skillful, relaxed, you know, curious place, but a disciplined orientation, you are broadcasting your dreams into reality. You're broadcasting everything that you wish to manifest. And those things that you wish to manifest, I'm not talking about fame and power. I'm not talking about, when I speak about manifestation, I'm, I'm always addressing a selfless desire to better the world. Anytime you hear me speaking about manifestation, it's always what I'm speaking about. It's a selfless desire to better the world. It is never intoxicated with selfish motives. So when you enter a trance, and in that very moment, you're broadcasting that you wish to help, that you wish to create a better world. You better believe that now you have the support of the unseen world. You better believe that in that moment, my darling, my sweet, my angel, you have support that is more powerful than money, that is more powerful than anything that anyone has ever accumulated. It is what breathes life. That is the support system that we're working with. Are we arriving somewhere? Is this landing for you? So when I speak about a sacred trance, I want you to think about the fact that every ancient civilization has used dance to enter a trance. And it wasn't until I arrived in Indonesia Bali, years ago, that I got to experience a dance so liberating, so freeing, so healing, so expanding. I was hooked. And being hooked and that, it's a kind of a, it's, there's a, there's a kind of, um, of a, um, there's a kind of a, um, of a, it's, it's, there is a, a, a sort of a craving texture to it. You know, I want to experience that again. But the way you're approaching the craving, the way you are approaching that, that thirst for, for liberation, it's helpful, not only for yourself, but for other people. So because of that, you're accumulating merit. You're accumulating spiritual money. The kinds of mystical experiences that I've had on a dance floor, this is why I've made it my mission to bring dance into spirituality, you know, to, re, to, to realign spirituality and dance. So on that dance floor in, in Bali, in Indonesia, I was literally flushed with such profound bliss in ways 
that it actually would activate my release mechanisms of, of crying and in laughter. And if someone were to look at me, they would there would be either two kinds of, of views of it. Multi, there's actually multiplicity of views, but I want to just kind of use the uh, uh, a duality of two views. One person would say, oh my God, this person is literally on crack. What a freak. He needs help. Another person will be so seduced by the depth of that liberation that they're looking at. We've spoken about this before, that the, that the enlightenment is on the eye of the beholder. You can't see someone who is in a trance and experiencing ecstatic, heavenly, holy bliss unless you've glimpsed at it, unless you've tasted it, unless you have spacious awareness. Because otherwise, how you feel inside is what you see in the world. So if you feel like shit, you're going to see the world like it. So you have to make a choice, right? So entering into a state of trance helps us to decolonize our minds, helps us to, to liberate ourselves from the ghosts of the past. A sacred trance through dance is an amazing opportunity to get you to face the truth. And I'm not talking about the high, high truth. I'm talking about the truth of what's present for you right now. What's present for you in this very moment? Why oh, I feel sad about this. Oh, I'm angry about that. Oh my God, I feel so betrayed by that experience. Oh my God, I have not forgiven this person. Oh my God, I haven't forgiven myself. You start to go to deeper and deeper layers and all these, and why that happens in a trance? Because a trance is a direct, it's, it's, it's directing, it's a direct orientation towards the true nature of life, which is healing, which is grace, which is relaxation, which is benevolence, which is goodness. So anything that's cluttering your experience of it will be unraveled in the dance. Now, when you dance in such an uninhibited way, what you're inviting into the room is what, what I've seen my guru talk about, is, is, is God trusts those who are uninhibited. So to get free, it requires a deep, deep, deep choice and discipline to get free. Because to dance sober, it will feel awkward. It's going to feel annoying. You're going to want to drink this and do that and do this other thing and go into this place and that place. But when you put on the music and you allow your body to communicate what hasn't been communicated, when you allow yourself to dance in a way that no one else will ever be able to because how you move in a dance, I'm not talking about choreography, I'm talking about a spiritual practice of liberation. It will never look the same. That experience, there's deep sadness in it. Why? Because it will never happen again. And you are also experiencing it for the first time. And as you move, you're allowing your body 
to process what hasn't been processed. You're allowing your body and your mind and your heart to rekindle their alliance. When we are traumatized, when we are hurt, as soon as the as soon as the the overwhelm chemicals kick in, a part of our system shuts down. So there's still information coming in, but you're not processing it. You're not integrating it. You're not categorizing it. You're not giving meaning to it. As that happens, that's stored. information becomes dense and heavy and weighs you down. So through dance, through the sacred trance of dance, you could give yourself years and years of therapy in moments of this very awkward movement practice called dance. It doesn't have to look like anything. But what it does need is the radical choice to allow your body to move in ways that you've never moved before. We all are so afraid of being judged. that fear of the Buddha spoke about this. The Buddha said that one of the, one of the biggest culprits to our pain, listen closely. One of the biggest culprits to our pain is, is, is the fact that we are afraid of being insignificant. So everything we do, everything we say, all the ways that we accumulate is to be significant, is to matter to others. And in that process, we've lost touch with our heart, we've neglected our bodies, we've neglected the parts of ourselves that, that we're not willing to look at, the density, the heaviness, the confusion. We do that because we think that we can neglect the background noise by being busy by getting a good job from our boss, by getting a raise from our boss, by having our partner buy us flowers and a nice dinner, by experiencing being significant to others, we neglect this inner background noise that has been there. It's ancient. Because, the, because of karma, we're living out the consequence of many lifetimes. So the background noise is not even yours, my sweet love. It's the previous version of you and the previous version of you. And it goes back and back and back and back and back. So to say it's not even yours, and again, I'm using dualistic language. But if I were to speak to a, to, from a, a sort of non-dual, it's yours. And you got to work with it. So will you, leave, will, you, will you lead and live a life of neglecting the background noise in search of being significant when you yourself don't even believe it? Because the wounds and the scars 
so dense and heavy. But you keep getting the glimpses of God, of liberation, when you get high or drunk, when you buy something, when you watch something, you know? This is why I need you all to experience the power of dance as a spiritual practice. Because the way your body will communicate, the way your body will move, it's finally having the opportunity to say the things it hasn't been able to say. To say, fuck off world. To say, fuck you to that person. To say, fuck you to that person. To say, fuck off to that person. All the ways that you've silenced yourself, all the ways that you've neglected yourself, all the ways that you have been brutally abused, you never stood up. There's no need to say it to anyone's face. But you got to say it so it becomes seen, heard, validated, and it could be alchemized. So through the dance, your body will say what hasn't been said. Through the dance, you will seduce the gods back into your life. Through the dance, you will pray your dreams into existence. Through the dance, you will unshackle yourself. And I want to share a story with you. You know, in Sufi mysticism, there's a really beautiful sacred dance. This woman... um, She had uh, a surfing accident. I'm paraphrasing the story, right? Every single mystical tradition, there is a dance. The dance looks different. But there is a dance. Because every mystic knows that dance is the bridge to the unknown. That dance is when the unknown becomes known. Through dance is when you're actually able to feel safe and not knowing. Through dance is when the critic, the the commentary falls away. You're able to see your life through a bird's eye. You're able to see your entire narrative from a different perspective. And that's all we need when healing trauma is just to see our pain from a different perspective. You want to open up your view? You want to open up your perspective? Dance. To the point of sweating. To the point of feeling awkward and uncomfortable. Dance. To the sadness. To the despair. So I want to share the story about this, um, this woman. She had... Um, she had gotten into a, um, a um, surfing accident. And um, she, through the, through the um, surfing accident, she became uh, paralyzed from the, uh, the waist down. And, um, and uh, through a surfing accident, she got paralyzed the waist down, yes. And then she found out about the Sufi whirling uh, uh, dervishes in Istanbul, and she was like, I'm going to Turkey and I'm going to go sit with these mystics and I'm going to experience that dance. Um, so she, and, and um, 
I'm paraphrasing the story. Maybe she didn't even go to Turkey, but she danced with the Sufi mystic. I don't know. Point is, she found herself in a room where she she couldn't even dance. She was in a wheelchair. But just her watching the people dance in front of her, and then she would close her eyes and visualize herself dancing in her wheelchair. A miracle happened. A miracle happened. Within a few months, she was walking again. A miracle happened. So the miracle of dance, right? The miracle of dance is something that I need you all to bring into your life the same way that I emphasize a daily meditation practice, the same way that I emphasize a daily, a daily breath practice, the same way that I speak about service in a day. There is, we do have a few things that are sort of required of us who are seeking to be fully liberated and to profoundly contribute something of value to the world. Dance is one. Dance is one. You may say, everything is fine in my life. I'm okay, you know? But you know that you're just saying this out loud to your partner, to your friend, to your coworker, to your boss, to your parents. I'm fine. Everything's great. But you just know that there is something lurking in the background. That is what the dance is going to offer you. Instead of you having to meet that through, through, um, through a, a, um, in a way that you're meeting these shadowy uh, aspects of yourself in a way that feels scary, you're going to be able to meet it in a dance floor in movement. When you meet the shadow aspects in movement, something miraculous happens. Because the shadowy aspects lurk in the background because we haven't accepted the fact that everything has tr tremendously changed since that happened. And that energy become frozen, became frozen and stagnant and dense. And we held on to it because we felt like our, our whole narrative was relying on that. It's almost like our identity, our trauma, our pain identity keeps us alive. Because the, the, the energetics of that trauma is so dense that the heaviness we believe to be who we are. And we are not healing trauma we're not healing, period, when we're, we don't recognize the nature of life, that everything is radically impermanent, that everything is profoundly, utterly impermanent, always changing, completely transient. When we are stuck in trauma identity, it almost feels like we are frozen in time. We're stuck in a loop. A part of our part of us is actually like getting up and brushing our teeth and, and drinking our tea and getting to work. But there's a, a, a huge part of us that is looping in that past, giving it energy, giving it energy. 
growing that garden of rumination, of remorse, of guilt, of shame, of betrayal. So bringing the whole self online with dance will help you recognize that what happened, happened. will help you to recognize that what happened, happened. And the meaning that you're giving to it is the meaning that you have associated with it in the moment of pain. You've changed, my dear. You have changed. Life has gone on. Everything has changed. Everyone involved in that trauma has changed. No one's still the same. Holding on to it is neglecting the fact that everything is has changed, has moved. You have moved. So to dance is to move with life, is to bring yourself with unity in alliance, in partnership with the true nature of life, which is fast moving. Are we communicating? Is this landing somewhere? So to be able to move, to be able to move with the orientation of liberation, is one of the, 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 the most holy, sacred acts we can offer ourselves in the world. Because the more we are in movement, the more we are in, in this sacred trance, every little glitchy, wobbly, crunchy, fearful, wounded, scarred parts of ourselves, now they have a new meaning. Now they become dense moves. Now they become beautiful, poetic dance moves. Now they've become a prayer in motion. Offer it to the dance. Offer it to the dance. You've heard me talk about, about um, Mahakali, you know, the great dark mother. You know, Kalima, the Hindu goddess. You've heard me talk about her before. In moments of suicidal ideation, I would offer my, my thoughts, my feelings of despair to Kali, you know. Now I want you to think about the dance. Offer it to the dance. Bring it all to the floor. It's in movement that we heal. But it's finding a way to move from that place of stillness. It's being able to move so wildly, but from a place of stillness. That stillness that I'm speaking about is the silence inside of your being. And at first, it won't be silent because you got a lot of layers to get through. 
You got a lot of dirt in your eyes. You got a lot of sand in your body. You got a lot of layers to declutter. You got a lot of shackles to release. And with every move, you're giving voice to the voiceless. Every move, you are meeting these wounded and scarred and traumatized aspects of yourselves. The little ones at first, the ones that are kind of more evident, the things that happened within the, the sphere of this week, month, year. And then you start to go deeper and looking at the ancient scars, looking at the, the prehistoric wounds. Those are the ones that you can't even put words to. that sense of tremendous guilt. In truth, you haven't done, you haven't really done anything that it was that a mistake that was a mortal sin, but you feel just this enormous guilt. That ancient karmic imprint, that's what the dance could offer you liberation from. Are we communicating? This, which is so ancient, the wound that's so ancient in your mind stream, bring it to the dance. Bring it to the dance. And when you dance, my darling, I want you to feel the beat. And when you feel the beat, I want you to move it with it. And I want it to look chaotic. I want it to look intense. I want it to look insane. Because it's through that insanity and that chaos and that intensity that you can glimpse at such deep, deep states of relaxation and ease. Where your narrative gets a huge upgrade. All of a sudden, your whole backstory and the whole of your future story, all of it gets a huge upgrade. Because when you move through life with baggage, you're slow, you're dense, you're confused, you're cluttered. Now imagine moving through life So your timeline will be one that matches that. Now, when you dance and you declutter and you decolonize and you unshackle and you offer it all to the dark mother, Kalima in the form of dance, my darling, your entire timeline will get a, such a massive upgrade in ways that you won't, like, it's just, a, it's just beyond Anything that you have ever experienced. Are we communicating? And once you enter into that sacred trance through dance, once you're there, and then in that moment, I need you to whisper a little heart desire. into the dance. 
one of your heart's desires into the dance, into the mix. Whatever it may be, whisper it into the mix. Because remember, as I said earlier, as you dance, you are a radio wave. And that radio wave could be a radio wave of stress and chaos or clarity and divinity and miracles. As you're dancing, whisper it. I'm open to miracles. I am open to miracles. I'm open to miracles. You know, like that. Like that. Enough for today. I'm Sadie Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another Spiritually Sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you. Bye.